Hello, and welcome to the Without Exception podcast. My name is Josiah Ott, and on this podcast, I seek to share practical content for everyday Christians. My hope is that I can help you live out your faith each day without exception. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number five, and I'm excited to discuss remembering the cross of Jesus. Now, this should be dropping right after Holy Week in 2021, so no matter what time you listen to this, this is super relevant and helpful to everybody every day. However, because we just went through um, Holy Week and the you know the time of the cross and Resurrection Sunday, I did want to do a podcast episode on this idea and the importance of remembering the cross and being thankful for it. So first I want to ask you, have you ever done something for someone and they didn't thank you for it and you felt taken for granted and you know it kind of hurt the relationship a little bit maybe? Now, I don't want to bring up a past offense for you. I know sometimes when people look back on these things, they can kind of get riled up, you know, about something that didn't go right or they're upset about something or they're still mad at that person that didn't do whatever, you know, 10 years ago. Well, regardless of your situation, I'm sure you understand that when you don't thank somebody for something, um, it can be offensive. And when, if somebody hasn't thanked you for something, it can be frustrating, especially if you went out of your way to do something. And so in light of this, you know, think about how often as believers, we thank God for the gift of salvation and the fact that Jesus went to the cross for me. He went to the cross for you, specifically for you. And if you think about that, how much greater is the fact that Jesus went to the cross than anything that we can do in our own in our own lives, in our own strength. Anything that I can do in life for somebody that maybe they wouldn't thank me for, uh, really, compared to the cross, is is insignificant as it can be because the cross is such a, a great thing. But I know that it can be a temptation at times to go and, for, and not forget about the cross, but never take the time to remember it and thank God because without it, we don't have salvation. You know, Jesus shed his blood for your salvation. It's something we need to remember to be thankful for. I know in my life, I try very hard um, in my regular prayer routine to always include, you know, a, a, a moment of thanks for what, what Jesus has done. I don't want to forget and become complacent. I know it's so easy in, in really any relationship to become complacent at times and and kind of take where you are for granted too. I know, you know, you look at in a marriage and when people are, are dating or they're engaged, you know, it's this really fun and exciting time that, you know, it's, it's really special. And then you get married and sometimes after a number of years, you don't have that same zeal and fire and excitement that you had at the time that your relationship was fresh, when it was new. And this can certainly happen with our relationship with the Lord. Maybe you when you were younger, were really you know on fire, and you were excited about what God was doing, and it was like it was like a, an initial stage where you know somebody would started dating for the first time, and they were so in love, and you couldn't go and and talk to anybody without bringing up that person that you love so much, and then time passes, and you just grow complacent and used to it. And I don't want to ever grow used to my relationship with God and who He is. I was just considering about you know the whole Old Testament and how the high priest could only go into the Holy of Holies or the most holy place once a year, and only one guy could do that. And as believers today, under the new covenant, all of us can go and encounter God in that amazing way every day. 
all of us can. And, you know, we can kind of get used to that. Like, oh yeah, the veil was torn. That's great. But it is great. You know, we should, it's something that we should be really excited about because in the whole Old Testament, like look at the Old Testament in size compared to the New Testament. It's huge, you know? And in that entire period of time, only one person could go and encounter God. And it's something we all have the privilege for today. And it was all paid for by Jesus' blood on the cross. So that's what I want to talk about in this podcast episode. And I hope it is a blessing to you. So first, I want to read from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 18, and how the cross is our salvation. The word of the cross is, you know, the power of God to those who are saved. So it says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So here we see that the cross, right, it, it's it's something that is confusing naturally. It's a stumbling block. It doesn't make sense. The the Gentiles or the, the non-Jewish um, people thought it was foolish. Like this doesn't make any sense. Why would why would God become a man, come down in the likeness of sinful flesh? be born of a woman and go to a cross to die for my sin. Like that just, it sounds too good to be true. And it just sounds so like, really, that's really what happened. And, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it it might seem foolish to people, but it is, it is so essential to understand that that is what really happened. That's really what, what Jesus did for you. And, and to accept that, you know, if if we don't want to go and just, and take it for granted and become, you know, complacent and, like, oh, it's kind of weird and it's foolish. No, instead we need to make sure that we remember it's this message. It's the power of God. It's what we believed to have salvation. In Christianity, it's so much more than just head knowledge. I know that many atheists could probably answer the right question, you know, on the, on a test. If you had a, you know, a multiple choice test and, and the one was uh, Christians believe you know, A, B, C, or D, and the one is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The, no man comes to the Father except through him, and, you know, Jesus paid for for sin on the cross. Like, there's a lot of people that might not believe that could answer the right questions, but we, you know, beyond just understanding these things, we have to be able to, to put them into practice, and we have to be able to accept them for ourselves, because, you know, a lot of these doctrines might not make sense. As, as it said in that passage, it's foolishness to somebody of this world, somebody that is not saved. The cross doesn't make sense. But for those of us who are Christians, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Christian. And if you are a Christian, the word of the cross, the message of the cross and what Jesus did for you is the power of God in your life. It doesn't make sense naturally, you know, that Jesus would come and die for me. Looking at myself, I'm a lot better of a person than I was a few years ago, but I'm still far from perfect. You know, I mean, all men are condemned as sinners. None of us are, none of us were righteous. None of us were seeking God. And God came down 
Tobias back to himself. It's such an amazing story. And the, the awesome thing is, you know, he did it for me and he did it for you. He did it for each and every one of us. And have you internalized that lately and made it personal and realized like he did this for me, not just for the world, but for me. And, and personally, uh, last week for the first time, I, uh, I watched the passion of the Christ, you know, on Thursday, the day before good Friday at the time of this recording. And I'll tell you what, it is a, it's really intense, which is, you know, what I had heard. And, and you realize that, that Jesus went through that for you. And you see the, the fact that normally the cross is, is cleaned up. We normally forget really what it, what it meant. And we can talk about the cross and we can talk about Jesus shedding his blood, but sometimes you can talk about the blood without actually visualizing real blood. Have you ever thought about that? And, and the fact that he went through this for you, you know, and I think if you've never seen the passion before, I, I would recommend you watch it. I'm sure it's not, not absolutely 110% perfect and, and accurate to the scripture in every little way. I mean, you know, that's kind of how movies go, but it still was a really good display of what Jesus did for me, what he did for you. And one of the amazing things to me about the cross is that Jesus did not go kicking and screaming to the cross. Like he submitted himself to the will of the father and, and said, you know, not my will, your will be done. You know, no, no man takes my life from me. You know, I, I lay it down. Jesus willingly laid down his life for you, for his love for you. And so salvation, it's a free gift, right? Because Jesus paid the price we don't have to pay the price. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you ever thought about the fact that in that verse it says the wages of sin, right? That's the payment. That's your payment. You spend all your life apart from Jesus Christ in sin, and the payment for that entire life that you lived apart from Jesus is death. But God offers a free gift, you don't have to work for gifts. If you have to work for a gift, it's not a gift, right? And so Jesus offers a free gift to us of eternal life. Whereas the life of sin apart from Christ, all the work that we put in, in that life, the payment that we receive is death. Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine say, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. I think that sometimes people can fall into the trap of thinking, well, somebody was a good person, so they're probably in heaven. And, you know, I think that one of the most offensive things to God is probably thinking that our good works can get us into heaven because really, apart from Jesus, we don't have good works. None of us, like no matter how good you might seem in the natural, apart from Jesus, none of us are good. And instead of trying to work and be a good person and and, and do these things like, yes, we want to we want to be good people, but that doesn't get you into heaven. Only the blood of Jesus can get you into heaven. And that's why we need to remember regularly to thank God for the gift of salvation, because with, apart from him, you know, we, we were hopeless. And all this, again, as I said, it, it doesn't make sense. It seems foolish, like just as Paul wrote in First Corinthians uh, chapter one, it just seems like why this it's folly to the Gentiles. Why would why would God come and and die and this and, and Jesus would submit himself to this terrible, terrible death. And it was all for the love that he had for you. Romans 5, 8 is my favorite verse in the entire Bible says that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
And then John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in all of scripture says that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So God shows his love towards you because, through what he did with sending Jesus to the cross. Jesus submitting himself to the will of the Father and going to the cross to die for you is the greatest display of love this world has ever seen. But sometimes, again, if we don't keep it at the forefront of our mind, you know, we can we can just take it for granted and we'll just become complacent, become used to the fact that we can go to God in prayer every day like that. That is an extraordinary thing that we should not take for granted. In the Old Testament, they couldn't just go to God the way we can today. And we just sometimes can get used to the, the fact that we can, can go to God this way. And Jesus went to the cross for you on your worst day. It says that while we were still sinners on the worst day, you know, the most wicked you had ever been. That was the day that Jesus went to the cross for you, which is an amazing thought. We, none of us had to get cleaned up to come to God. If, if you're not a Christian per chance, and you happen to be listening, you don't have to get cleaned up to come to God. There's a temptation that people, you know, I'm not going to come to church until I'm a half decent person. And really apart from Jesus, we're not half decent people. And so, you know, salvation's a free gift. You don't have to go and, and do the legwork up front. You know, Jesus did all of it. We just have to accept that free gift through faith. And so, you know, that's the good news of the gospel, right? The gospel means good news. And the good news is we don't have to get cleaned up on our own, that Jesus came down and he put in the work for us. You know, he went through that terrible death for you. He did it for me. And that's something we need to keep in mind and be grateful for. And another thing I want to mention about the blood of Jesus in comparison to the Old Testament, right? I'm trying to compare and contrast some of what Jesus did and what we have today with what it used to be like in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals. If you've ever read the book of Leviticus, um, it's really bloody and messy. I just finished in the um, the Bible in one year plan. I finished reading Leviticus, I believe maybe two weeks ago or so. And it's really intense, you know, and you realize that there was probably a lot of mess, a lot of st stuff that smelled bad. It was gory. It was, you know, it was awful. Um, and it showed the, showed the seriousness of sin to see the blood regularly. And one of the problems that I think we face as Christians today is that it's been so long since Jesus died and we weren't there to actually see it. So sometimes we get removed from what the blood really was because we don't see it ourselves. Again, as I said, you know, watching the passion was really helpful with this, but in the old Testament, they would sacrifice animals to cover over their sins. But that sacrifice was only a covering. Hebrews chapter 10 verse four says it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So they would just cover them. They wouldn't take them away. The blood of Jesus permanently, once and for all, removes sin. I don't like when people say about the blood of Jesus covering sin. I mean, if you say cover in the way of like washing over, like thoroughly, you know, addressing it in that way, the, the word cover, I guess, kind of works. But I don't, I try to stay away from the word cover. Sometimes say it out of habit, but I try to stay away from that word because his blood did not cover our sin. It took us, took it away. And two common analogies I've heard that are, that are both helpful to kind of put this into view. Uh, one is a room cleaning analogy where if you ever, maybe you're a teenager now, you probably were a teenager. If you're not a teenager now, 
maybe you have teenagers, you know, and you go and say, hey, your parents, if you were the kid or if you are the parents, you say to the kid or, you know, however it works, you know, uh, go clean your room. Your room's a mess. There's stuff all over the floor. Go clean your room. And I don't know if you've ever done this. I don't know if I've ever actually done it or not. I'm, I probably did as a kid where you go and you take everything you're supposed to clean, right? And instead of cleaning, you throw all the stuff into the closet so that then when somebody comes into the room, the room looks great, but it didn't solve the problem. You know, the room is clean kind of, but the problem of the clothes or whatever that was laying on the floor is now just hanging out in the closet. So it didn't actually solve the problem. It just moved it. And it, the problem is still technically there. The problem of the mess is still technically there. Another analogy I've heard is uh, regarding snow and snow plows. So a snow plow technically can't remove snow. It pushes it out of the way. So it, like at our church, I, I do a lot of snow plowing, actually. It's something I, I really enjoy doing. But you push all the snow to the end of the parking lot. And by the end of the winter up here in Pennsylvania, we probably had 10 feet of snow packed up around our parking lot. And so everybody comes in to church and you can see snow everywhere. Like the snow plow did not remove the snow. It pushed it out of the way, but it didn't remove it. And then what ends up solving the problem is when the temperature warms up, when the sun comes out right in the spring, uh, it, it'll take care of the problem. In the same way, Jesus's blood actually solves the problem. So in, in looking at the room cleaning analogy, right? The messy clothes or the mess, whatever the mess is. I mean, everybody's got probably a different mess. Whatever the mess is, is sin. And you throw it in the closet and the sin is still there. It doesn't actually take away the sin. And that's the Old Testament. But when Jesus came and he shed his blood for you, he actually cleaned the mess of sin. He took care of the problem of sin forever. He didn't, he didn't cover, he took it away. Similarly with, with the snow, you know, the old Testament is like that. We're pushing the snow out of the way. It's a temporary thing. It's not permanent. You can still, everybody can still see the snow. It's been, you know, that your sins have been covered, but you can still see it, you know? And, and similarly, when Jesus died and shed his blood for you on Calvary's cross, it melted the snow. It, it, it solved the problem. If the snow was sin, which I don't like that analogy because I like snow, but you know, if the snow was sin, it, it actually removes it permanently. Covering something is not a solution. If you ever had a section of your house that was messy and somebody was coming over and you panicked, you know, do you ever just throw a blanket over the mess? And it's like, Hey, uh, and everybody knows, right. That you see a bunch of like weird shapes with a blanket laying over it. It's like, all right, that's clearly a mess, you know, and it's not a solution. And that's what the old Testament was. But I want to read a section from Hebrews chapter nine. Uh, that talks about what Jesus did and how he's no longer, you know, covered our sins. Covering was the Old Testament. He's taken our sins away. It's a permanent fix to the problem of sin. And Hebrews 9 verse 11 says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself 
without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So Jesus here, again, it says that his sacrifice was once for all, and then he's taken our sins away. And so therefore we can have a pure conscience to serve God, to take away our dead works and truly serve God. And so not only does Jesus do away with the Old Testament sacrificial system of, of the animals and all this stuff, Jesus' death also tore the veil. So if you didn't know, I'll try to share briefly, in the Old Testament, they had a, a tabernacle, which was a tent, um, which was their location for worship. And under Moses, eventually it became an actual temple. And there was three divisions of this, of the temple or the tabernacle, the tent. There was an outer court, there was an inner court, and then there was, within the inner court, there was the holy place, and there was the most holy place. So you had the outer place, and then you had the holy place, and then you had the most holy place, or the holy of holies. And that is where the presence of God resided in the Old Testament. And the high priest, who was like the top guy in, in the sacrificial system, you know, he was, the most, he was the most important leader in that regard, he got to go into that most holy place, the inner the innermost part, the Holy of Holies, once a year on the Day of Atonement to atone for the sins of the people. And only he could go in and only once a year. And there was a big curtain, essentially, called the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. So you're the typical priests, not the high priest, but the regular priests, they could go into the holy place, but they could never go beyond the curtain. And when Jesus died that veil was ripped from top to bottom and top to bottom signified that God was the one that tore the veil. And he did that for you. So now not only do we have the gift of salvation, but we have free and full access to go to God. And this is one of my favorite verses in the new Testament. I got a lot of favorite verses. Every time I share a verse, I'll probably say it's one of my favorites. Romans 5, 8 is my number one favorite, but I got a bunch of like second favorites. This is one of them. It's Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And then verse 16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can go into that innermost place. We can go directly to God to find mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. And again, it's something right. you get, we can get complacent. We can face that battle of taking God for granted. But in the old Testament, that was not a thing. Only one guy could go and only once a year. And now in the new Testament, all of us can go to God's throne of grace during our times of need. And it's only because of what Jesus did for you and what he did for me. It's got nothing to do with our good works. And so in light of that, I want to encourage you to remember throughout your, your walk as a Christian, right? Living without exception, part of living without exception, living a life without exception is ensuring that you take time to thank God for the cross, to thank him for the gift of salvation, to thank God that on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't stay in the grave. You know, there's so many things along those lines, but to remember not to grow complacent and take God for granted in this way. So remember to thank him. And then on top of that, remember that we have this great privilege to be able to go and meet with God that the entire crew in the Old Testament did not have. So with that in mind, uh, this week, 
no matter when you're listening to it, today, this week, for the rest of your life, make sure you are taking time to approach the throne of grace. There you'll receive mercy and find a grace to help in your time of need. So with that, I thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Without Exception podcast. I pray that this episode has been edifying to you and that it is something you can put into practice in your own life. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others. If you were listening on Apple, I would love it if you would leave a review. It helps with the exposure of the show. That said, I pray you have an awesome week. And until I see you next time, let's live out our faith each day without exception.